Hello, happy Friday, and yes, it's hot here. Lisa, knock it off with your cool fall weather that's happening there in Connecticut. That's enough of that. It's hot. It's hot here. It's already 76 degrees and it's only 9 a.m. And I do believe that the high is somewhere in the mid-90s. That's what we've got going on here. It is um, fall by um, the calendar's dictates, but the weather is not lining up. However, by the end of next week, we will be in the mid-70s to the, you know, down to the upper 60s. That's our high. And that's amazing. October, here we come. Can you believe that? It was just September. It was just September 1st. And we are, we are just standing at the door of October 1st. I am, I, I, I just, is everybody else's life flying by? Anyone? 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 Um, can we also talk about the sad face emoji? Um, who's sad? Do you need prayer? A hug? I don't know. Anyway, use all the, <laughs> use all the emojis. <laughs> you know, this is my goal in life that we use all of the emojis in one broadcast, but not by one person who's just being kind and wanting to fulfill my goals. Anyway, all of the emojis are, are good. Even the, even the, is it, is it anger? I, I've never actually, is that mad, angry? I don't know what that is, but there are some things that should make us just straight angry. Okay. Like if I told you that I killed your dog, that should make you angry. I didn't, but that should make you angry. That is not a good start <laughs> to what it is that we are doing this morning. <laughs> Lisa, you don't even have a dog, and I didn't kill your cat. Um, I don't know what my dog is. That's hilarious. Okay, welcome everyone to life up here. Um, I want to talk a little bit more about where it is that that we are standing, where we have found ourselves in in the, the spirit realm. Anyway, um, we, we're at a threshold. And and ready to step through some of us less ready than others, some of us more ready than others. I don't know. Just kind of depends on what you've agreed with. Um, but it occurred to me that um, there's a lot. We're talking about the the chaos that's going on at the threshold, but I don't know that we're doing a very good job at articulating what to do with it all. And, and so this morning I had something very interesting take place. I was untangling a necklace. Now, I'm not exactly a patient person. I, I prefer things to just obey on <laughs> command and untangle themselves. And, and this necklace was, it was this necklace actually. It was very, very tangled up in a, another um, necklace. And I was like, it's been sitting on my dresser needing to be untangled for some time. And I just keep not wearing it because I don't want to untangle it. Listen, I am the gal that will just throw the Christmas lights away. I, I'm not going to sit there and untangle them. Now, my grandfather on my mother's side, he loved to do this kind of stuff. He loved tedious work. He would actually, he was one of those that would go through 
and change out the light bulbs on a strand of lights. Uh uh-uh, uh, that's not going to happen. I'm not doing that. Anyway, so as I was untangling this necklace, I could feel myself getting like really amped up about this necklace being tangled. And it was really, really tangled, you guys. Like, understand. It was really tangled and it was taking me way too long to to untangle it. But in the middle of this, right as I could feel like the the adrenaline rising up, Holy Spirit's just kind of like, what you doing? <laughs> and, and I don't know about you, but when his voice enters in, everything gets shifted it like that. Just, I mean, so quickly. And I was like, Oh my gosh, I am absolutely ridiculous. I am getting super worked up over a tangled up necklace. And and then it was just kind of like, you know, you could actually be more effective in the untangling if you would chill out. Yes, Vince, thanks for pointing it out. <laughs> and... um. And so it was, I, I was like, oh my gosh, this is so silly. And, and and we can actually, the things that we don't enjoy doing, we can learn to delight in. And, and, and then the job becomes something that is actually productive, that we can quickly get the job done and move on. And, and that's what happened is like, it was just very quick. And then I, I had better understanding of, of why the necklace was tangled up in the first place. And I realized this is like a silly, silly analogy but this is what's happening at the threshold right now where there are just so many tangles and and snares it feels like at this threshold and and our history is doing a really effective job at convincing us that we don't have what it takes to enter in i do believe yes lisa says i'm not ready jesus help Th- those are the kinds of um things that that I want us to be able to grab hold of today. If you can just kind of like take that out of yourself and hold it before you and, and ask like, Jesus, is this true from your perspective? Right. We have to be willing to pull these things out and really closely examine them. Here's what I think. Yes, 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 yes. Me too, Lisa. I mean, like, let's, let's not pretend like they don't exist. But let's acknowledge them, but let's also learn like what is it that we're going to do with those those tangles and those snares. Um so much of what is going on is a clash between history and destiny. So we have our history attempting to rise up and ensnare us and scare us, uh, create a flight response in us. And um, using all kinds of flares, if you will, from our history to get us scared and to, to get us into isolation. And isolation is um, trouble. Like, don't fall for it. You do not want to become somebody who's isolated. And, and And you know as well as I do that when we are pushed into isolation, we're hiding and we're in darkness and we don't want anyone to see us. And, and so essentially we end up feeling all alone and that is certainly not God's plan for us. We are made for anyone, 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 oneness. 
We are made for oneness. We are made to to go together. We are made for company. And um and, and when we believe the tales from the crypt, um we we are we are bullied and um and and believe things that just are not true of us. Now, I don't care what took place in your history, if you are standing at the threshold, that tells me, like, if you can see the threshold, that tells me that you have done the work with the Lord to get you to this place. Don't allow those those stories, those narratives to dictate whether or not you belong at the threshold. You are actually equipped to cross over. Now, I want to talk about trauma specifically because we are living in a a day where trauma has been put on a pedestal and made much of. Am I right? It's true. We talk about trauma responses all the time. We, We watch somebody do something stupid in their life and we're like, yeah, but that was a trauma response. Um, I just had a conversation yesterday where I was able to to identify, actually, that's the drama talking. It's good for us to identify that, that, that trauma does have a voice. But here's the deal. Trauma is actually intel from the enemy's camp. Trauma is intelligence that we can have and utilize and weaponize from the enemy's camp. Anything that has gone on in your life that has created a a traumatic response in you was done so to keep you from your destiny, right? So what we need to learn how to do while we're standing here at this space of transition is, is learn to turn the trauma into trouble for the enemy's camp. And I want to look at a couple different things, but before that, I want to tell you about a dream that I had a few years ago. And in the dream, um, the last probably three years, I think that that's accurate. um, I have been on a threshing floor, definitely in the last year and a half. I, I can definitely say that, but I I know it's been longer than that. But, um, so I've been on a threshing floor and, um, and God is just removing so many things from my life. Um, things that I would have never dropped, um, would have never considered things that would weigh me down ever, not in a million years. And so whether it's good or it's bad, didn't really matter. He was removing everything to, enable me to, to go light, right? So I could go without the baggage into this next day, into this transition that we're in. And it's been painful, but I had a dream that really led me into this season. Of course, at the time you don't realize it, but you can point back to things that that have happened between you and Jesus, whether in dreams or visions or encounters whatever it is, you can point back to that and say, this is God. Like he's been doing this in my life. And he even gave me a dream about it. And, and in the dream, I, I was on a threshing floor and, um, and, and, and that part of this process was coming to an end. And I looked up and there was a threshold on the threshing floor. 
This is fascinating to me. I hope that it is for you as well. And he asked me to get up from the threshing floor and go to the threshold and look beyond it to see what was there. And it was a very, like everything in the dream was dark, not as in darkness, like the enemy, but it was just dark. And um, which to me just speaks of a, a day that has passed and it's time to move on to something new. And as I looked beyond this threshold, all I could see was territory. It was land and and it was harvest and there was no end to it. It was just a harvest like, like that had no end. And, um, and he gave me very, very specific instructions. I want you to strike the upper right-hand corner of the threshold before you go through. And that's where my dream ended. My dream ended at this point where he gave me instructions to strike the the, the upper right-hand corner of, of this threshold. And, and I actually saw myself reach up to do it. And, and that's where the dream ended. I had shared this dream with Rebecca King, and then she came back and she's like, go read Amos 9. <laughs> and I could not believe what it was that, that I was seeing and turn with me there to Amos 9. And we're going to read, we're going to read some of this because I think that we need to understand what's going on here before we get into this next portion. Um, Amos 9, starting in verse one, I saw the Lord standing upon the altar. If, if you have not yet understood that, that God is cleaning his altar right now, um, I would like to invite you into that understanding first. You need a revelation of what's happening at the Lord's altar right now. He is cleansing it. We have made a mockery of his altar in the past years, and he is cleansing it. He's purifying it. He is bringing back holiness to his altar. We have been offering up strange fire on his altar, and that gets you killed. We don't want to be killed in that way. We want to lay our own lives down as a sacrifice before the Lord on his holy altar. I saw the Lord standing up on the altar and he said, strike the capitals of the pillars that the thresholds may shake. And I don't know about you, but if I have a dream and then I come upon something like this, I take it like so much more seriously than just like, oh, that's a cool dream. Suddenly that becomes a dream that has purpose attached to it, right? Strike the capitals of the pillars that the thresholds may shake and break them off upon the heads of them all. And the last of them I will slay with the sword and one of them who flees will not flee away. And any one of them who escapes will not slip by. Though they dig into shale, from there my hand will take them. And though they go up into heaven, from there I will bring them down. And though they hide at the top of Carmel, from there I will seek them and take them. And though they hide themselves from my sight on the floor of the sea, there I will command the serpent and it will bite them. And though they go into captivity before their enemies, there I will command the sword and it will slay them. And I will set my eyes upon them for evil and not for good. 
Um, I hope you're getting the picture of how serious God is about his altar. For the Lord Jehovah of hosts is the one who touches the land and it melts. And all those who dwell in it mourn and all of it rises like the river and it sinks like the river of Egypt. He is the one who builds his upper stories in the heavens and has founded his vault over the earth. He is the one who calls for the water of the sea and pours it upon the surface of the earth. Jehovah is his name. Are you not like the children of the Cushites? To me, O children of Israel, declares Jehovah, have I not brought up Israel out from the land of Egypt and the Philistines out from Castor, however you say that, and Aram out from Ker? Yes, the eyes of the Lord Jehovah are on the sinful kingdom, and I will destroy it from off the face of the earth, except that I will not utterly destroy the house of Jacob, declares Jehovah. For I will command and shake the house of Israel among all the nations as grain is shaken in a sieve. sieve. Yet a kernel will not fall to the ground. All the sinners of my people will die by the sword. Those who say evil will not overtake us nor come before us on all sides. I know. That's a lot. It's a lot to take in. Verse 11. In that day. I will raise up the fallen tabernacle of David and I will wall up its breaches and raise up its ruins and build it up as it was in the days of old, that they may possess the remnant of Edom and all the nations which are called by my name, declares Jehovah who does this. Indeed, days are coming, declares Jehovah, when the plowman will overtake the reaper and the grape treader, him who sows the seed and the mountains, they will drip sweet wine and all the hills will melt. And I will turn the captivity of my people Israel and they will build the desolated cities and inhabit them. And they will plant vineyards and drink the wine from them and make gardens and eat the fruit from them. And I will plant them upon their land and they will not be plucked up again from their land, which I have given to them, says Jehovah, your God. He lays things in ruins to be able to build the way he so desires. So as we're standing at this threshold right now, we need to understand that God is destroying things intentionally for our good. Can you say that? Say that over yourself. The Lord is destroying things in my life for my good. He is taking things away for my good. It's not so that he can just prove how powerful he is, though he is, and he doesn't need your permission to display his power. He's doing so for our good. If you read 11 through 15 again in that, you can see the goodness of God, that he has pure intentions in what it is in this threshing space that we're, we've found ourselves in. Everybody say hi to John. Hi. <laughs> the keys are hanging up. Um. So I hope that's all making sense to you. <laughs> hi to John. Um. 
if we are not careful in this space of the threshold, if we do not learn to take the, our trauma response and utilize it to create trouble for the enemy's camp, it will create desire in us that will turn us from the path that the Lord has laid out for us. It will take us back to the ruins. It will. It'll take us back to the ruins. We will try to rebuild on top of the ruins, and that will be like trying to build on sand. The Lord is not there any longer. He has moved on. And I'm going to be really honest with you and, and tell you that I had a moment like this. I know where I'm at. I know where I'm standing. And in fact, I would even go further and tell you that God has told me, Angie, you are a transition piece that I have laid down at the threshold. I know where I'm at right now. And I had this moment this week where there was all kinds of things being stirred up in the atmosphere. And my response to that was to start conjuring up a dream that was not of the Lord. I started to conjure up this desire that was not of God. It was purely for, for my own selfish desires. It was, it was, and can I tell you that it started out of a desire to have my own flowers? Be careful what it is that you're desiring right now. I, I, I be very careful what it is that you are allowing yourself to pine for right now. It's really important because this started off as flowers. I just, I love mums and it's fall and mums thrive in fall. They're just gorgeous. They're beautiful. My favorite flower. And don't you just love to say their full name? Chrysanthemum. <laughs> so it all started off as flowers. And before I knew it, I had thrown myself headlong into a dream of wanting my own house. For those of you that do not know, we live with um, my husband's parents. We moved in to, to help them. Um, my husband's dad has been terminally ill for a lot of years, 30 plus years. And it just got to the point where his mom wasn't capable of caring for him herself. And so we moved in because God said, not because we're super sacrificial, but because God said, and we don't know how to not be obedient. Um, we know that when God says to do something, you just have to do it. So anyway, my whole point is, is that there was trouble in the land. And, um, and that provoked me to, to start creating because this is how powerful we are. I was creating a scenario where I had my own home and, um, and Holy spirit inserted himself right in the middle of that. And was like, what, what are you doing? He's like, you either want your own house or you want my way. It's like noted. <laughs> so I laid that down very quickly and, um, and he started showing me, Angie, you pining for this takes you back to the ruins, to the things that I have already destroyed in your life, to the things I have already stripped you of. It, it would be, this would be like me, um, taking back all the threshing that has happened. And that was a painful season of my life. And, 
And, and, and it was almost like you're saying, you can do it, but I'm going to take it all again kind of thing. And um, because he will have his way, he will have his way. And so I laid it down. You guys, I've learned like, don't want what you can create, want what God can. And immediately he just showed me that, that he has houses for me, but they will never be my own. Like I am not to ever want for a house at this point. This is what he's told me. I don't ever want you to want for a house of your own because it's not what I have for you. And he just showed me like this great expanse of houses that I was walking through and it was house and and each of these houses had hallways that led to the next house. And these weren't, these weren't homes that were mine. They were houses that I could go and leave trails of God's glory in his way in. And so who wouldn't want that? Who wouldn't want that? I don't want my own home. I want what he has. So be careful what it is that you are pining for at the threshold. There are all kinds of things. Now, this for me is a little bit of a trauma response because it was a traumatic event to lose my home in the first place. And so I'm really, I really need you to, I need you to catch this. What it is, (laughs) what, what it is that, um, that, that the the trauma is wanting to bring to the forefront, we need to learn to weaponize to create trouble for the enemy's camp. My agreement in this space was the beginning of the sharpening of that trauma response to be able to go in and plunder the enemy's camp by saying, not my will, not my will, God, but yours be done. Can you actually say that in all honesty? Not my will, God, but yours be done. We need to be completely yielded in this season of our lives. Yield not to your own desires, but to God's. And I know, I know where desires can lead. I know we start to have these moments where we're like, I need. And and, and it could be something so silly something so silly, but we, it becomes like this pulsating important thing before us. And we won't stop until we have researched every, every little aspect of this small thing. That's not going to add anything to our life. You need to get to the bottom of what it is that you're desiring. And I've told this story before. I'm going to tell it really quickly. I need statements. Yes, they can be dangerous. Um, it's okay, Lisa. It's okay. Turn that Turn that thing on its head. Um, so I had, this was years and years ago. And um, my husband had gifted me perfume early on when we got married. And all of a sudden, I was like, this was several years after that perfume was completely gone. I started greatly, deeply desiring to have this perfume again. (laughs) It was the most ridiculous thing. Like I was trying, I was searching high and low. I had to have this perfume. And, And it was one of those moments where, where God interrupted and, and I'm given to research. So like, understand when I start desiring something, I have to go and do all of the research on the thing. It's a good thing. I'm not a compulsive shopper. (laughs) 
But anyway, in the middle of my, me pining for this perfume, and I'm using that word on purpose because I want us to understand like how we function. Um, God was like, I, I want you to understand that you aren't actually desiring that particular bottle of perfume. What your soul is after is the fragrance that comes with encounter from me. So I knew that my soul was after fragrance. My spirit was longing for fragrance, but I didn't have all of the intelligence necessary to pull the whole thing together. It took it took God coming in and putting the finishing touches on that thing to be like, honey, it's me you're after. It's, it's the fragrance that comes with my presence that you're after. So I hope that that's helpful. And, and this is what I'm saying. Like if you're, if you're desiring a salami sandwich right now at the threshold, investigate it. Seriously, investigate everything right now. It's really, really important that we interrogate our desires right now. Interrogate your desires right now. And, and I want to, I, I just want to draw your attention to a story in Joshua when, um, when he was leading his, his army into conquering Jericho. I don't want to get into the details of the story. You know, the story, um, but what I do want to draw our attention to is Achan's sin. Achan was one of Joshua's men, and they were given very clear instructions on what to do with the plunder. And Achan took some for himself. The reason I want to draw our attention to this, and that's found in Joshua 7, if you want to go read about it, um, but you'll need to back up to, to read the instructions to really fully understand why what Achan did was such a big deal. And this is why it matters what you're desiring right now, because Achan had desires at the threshold. He had desires that he did not interrogate. And so when he was put into the enemy's camp, they went in to destroy, right? Like they knew what they were doing. They went in to bring the place to ruins and they were to plunder and they were to take the land. And they did so with the help of God. My gosh, they walked in circles for seven days and, and, um, and blew a trumpet and the walls came falling down. I mean, like only God does that kind of stuff, but because of Achan's sin, God's presence lifted off, off of them. And Joshua was like, whoa, 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 where are you going? We did everything you said. And, and God made it clear someone in your camp has, has stolen from me. And that's exactly what Achan did. He had stolen from the Lord what belonged in his treasury ended up in what belonged in the Lord's treasury ended up in Achan's hands. And um and, and he ended up getting him and his entire family killed for it. That there was a price to pay for stealing from the treasury of the Lord. But the reason that this happened is because he was not interrogating what his desires were at the threshold before going in to do the work of the Lord. Guys, we have an assignment right now. We are going into the land. We're taking the land. But if you do not interrogate what your desires are right now, you will find yourself in the enemy's camp stealing from the treasury of the Lord. And if you think that it's only 
applicable to the Old Testament, go and read the story of Ananias and Sapphira. It's what they did. On the heels of a plunder of what the enemy was doing. Hi to Dylan too. Yes, it's a it's never this busy <laughs> on a Friday morning, but here we are. Um, there's a lot going on. But um, Ananias and Sapphira lied to the Holy Spirit when they didn't have to, but they didn't check their desires at the threshold before going to do the work of the Lord. Guys, we have to know what it is. What are God's desires and what are my desires? Are you sensitive enough to his voice to have him jump in at any moment and say, knock it off? You aren't made to have a house. Can you tell the difference? It's really important. Okay, enough about Aiken. Go read the story. It's fascinating. Okay, let us jump over to Second Kings. You guys, this is such a fun story. And it has everything to do with um, where we're at right now and where we're going. And your trauma, your history has intelligence about the enemy's camp. Do you want to know what the enemy is doing before it happens? And we have to learn to turn our trauma into troubles for the enemy's camp. Let's learn to weaponize our trauma rather than coddle our trauma. Let's learn to weaponize our trauma instead of using it as an excuse to remain the same. I know that probably hurt, but it's true. Let's turn our trauma into trouble for the enemy's camp. It's intel. It's intel. It's it's a huge indicator of what it is that the enemy is attempting to do. If if he's going to the trouble of, of swirling all of your history up before you right now, we know that it's, it's, he always overplays enemy always overplays always, always overplays his hand always because lies are just not really as effective as we think they are. Catch the lie and turn your trauma into trouble. Let's read about this. This is Elisha. Chapter six, second Kings. Then the sons of the prophets said to Elisha, the place here where we dwell before you is too narrow for us. Let us go to the Jordan and each take a beam from there and let us make for ourselves a place there where we may dwell. And he said, go. And someone said, please go with your servants. And he said, I'll go. And he went with them. And when they came to the Jordan, they cut down the trees. But as one was felling a beam, the axe head fell into the water and he cried out and said, alas, my master, it was borrowed. And the man of God said, where did it fall? And he showed him the place and he cut down a stick and he threw it there and made the iron float. And he said, take it up for yourself. And he stretched out his hand and he took it. Fun story. Verse eight. Now the king of Assyria, 
Now the king of Syria waged war against Israel, and he took counsel with his servant, saying, In such and such a place shall my camp be. And the man of God sent word to the king of Israel, saying, Beware that you do not pass such a place, for the Syrians are going down there. And the king of Israel sent word to the place that the man of God told him about. So the king alerted the place and put it on guard, not merely once or twice. And the heart of the king of Syria was enraged over this matter. And he called his servants and said to them, tell me, which of us sides with the king of Israel? And one of his servants said, none. Oh, my Lord, the king, but Elisha. The prophet who is in Israel tells the king of Israel the words which you speak in your bedroom. And he said, go and see where he is, that I may send for him and seize him. And it was told him, saying, he is in Dothan. And he sent horses and chariots and a massive army there. And they came by night and surrounded the city. And the servant of the man of God rose early and went out. And there it was, an army with horses and chariots surrounding the city. And his attendants said to him, Alas, my master, what shall we do? And he said, Do not fear, for they who are with us are more than they who are with them. And Elisha prayed and said, O Jehovah, open his eyes that he may see. And Jehovah did open his eyes and he saw The mountain was filled with horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. And when the Syrians came down to him, Elisha prayed to Jehovah and said, strike this nation with blindness. And he struck them with blindness, according to Elisha's word. Then Elisha said to them, this is not the way and this is not the city. Follow me and I will bring you to the man whom you seek. And he brought them to Samaria. And when they came to Samaria, Elisha said, Oh, Jehovah, open the eyes of these men that they may see. And Jehovah opened their eyes and they saw that they were in the midst of Samaria. And when he saw them, the king of Israel said to Elisha, Shall I strike them? Shall I strike them, my father? And he said, You shall not strike them. Would you strike those whom you have taken captive by your sword and your bow? set bread and water before them and let them eat and drink and go back to their master. Then he prepared a great feast for them. And when they had eaten and drunk, he sent them away and they went to their master and the bands of Syria no longer came into the land of Israel. This is exactly where we are positioned right now to know the details of the enemy's plan. This is exactly where we are right now. We do not need to be seeking any more personal prophetic words right now. What we need to be seeking, use your prophetic powers to be seeking the schemes of the enemy concerning you and yours. Take hold of your trauma stories And ask God to teach you to sharpen those, to be able to create trouble for the enemy's camp. If you're going to use all of your energy right now on your trauma, on your history, you will not be ready. You will be more like Elisha's servant saying, oh no, there's an army. Instead of Elisha's response, who sharpened his ear to hear the Lord. 
and in a moment was able to say, God, open his eyes. Because Elisha knew he wasn't in trouble. Elisha knew he could see. When we allow our trauma and our history to be the only thing that we see, we will miss out on the angelic army that surrounds us at all times. There is no reason for us to be concerned, to be worried, because he's a good God. And he has already sent angels to encamp around us. And Elisha wasn't just aware of those that were for us. He was made aware of those that were against him. Come on. Let's be those people. Yes. Let's be those people that are not just aware of those that are for us. Let's be aware of those that are against us, that we can call their bluff before they even get here. It's what's ours. So understand where you're positioned. You're at the threshold. There's all kinds of nonsense surrounding you. You're having the most ridiculous desires right now. You need to call those out. Interrogate those. Interrogate those. There's a story in them. I want to take you back to my encounter. The house was the right desire. My own was the wrong thing. That's why you need to interrogate it. There's truth to it. But you need to make sure that you know which direction God is pointing. Because if I go based on my own desires, I will use history to help finalize the details on them. Yes. Sharpen your trauma to create trouble for the enemy's camp because this is where the plunder's at. Sharpen your trauma to make trouble for the enemy's camp because it's where the plunder is at. And these are the things that belong in the treasury of the Lord's house. And he is most worthy to receive the reward of his suffering. The loss that you are um, experiencing right now is nothing compared to what you're going to gain once you cross over this threshold. And right now, I just pray that Holy Spirit would open your eyes, that you would see beyond the threshold, that you would see through this doorway, and that you would see the great harvest that is before you, and that you would see yourself in a most militant way for this next season, that you would see yourself as a weapon in the Lord's hand. I just want to remind you, we do not fight against flesh and blood. And I know that some of that is what is swirling right now. 
There's people you're annoyed with. How do I know? Because there's people I'm annoyed with. (laughs) We do not fight against flesh and blood. We fight against principalities, powers, and thrones. Know your enemy. And know your God. Have a great weekend, guys. 